What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've had an experience with the paranormal and you'd like to share your story, you can email us strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. This is the occasional reminder that my email (laughs) is ridiculous and I'm not good at answering it because there's too much. I don't want people to think I'm rude. Just imagine an avalanche of email Mm -hmm. and I'm underneath it. That's pretty much what's going on. So if you haven't heard back from me in a reasonable amount of time. Ooh, what's reasonable? I'm going to say several weeks. Okay. Give me two to four weeks to respond to your message. If you haven't heard from me, it got lost in the avalanche. Email me again and then be patient with me again because (laughs) this process is just ongoing. And I'm very sorry. I don't want to be rude to anyone. I'm trying my best. But it's a lot. There's a lot of email. Every time I turn around, more email. So, doing my best. Sorry to anybody who thinks I'm being rude. I'm really not. Promise you, I'm trying not to be rude. Trying to get to everybody. You're behind precisely because you're not trying to be rude. Yeah, because (laughs) I I probably take too long to answer any one message. Real honestly, because I actually care and I'm Mm -hmm. putting thought into these responses. Especially when people send their stories, I want to give them consideration. And uh, I, I realize these are very personal things that people are sharing. And you don't want to just hit that button that says, 
thanks, got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the auto replies. Yeah, the auto email. replies. Yeah. I do not want to do that. So I think next week, even though we already recorded the interview with Josh, mm-hmm. I think we're going to drop it next week. Give a little break in between Josh and I being on every other podcast mm-hmm. and Strange Familiars. However, I think our talk is quite different from what we do on other podcasts. It, could it be the interviewer? It could be the interviewer. could be the interviewer. She is not the typical paranormal podcast host. And that's a good thing. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, it's fine, the interviews we do other places, but it does end up being kind of the same questions again and again. I feel like going here, uh, when we do the or the Footprints End shows, we, we do different questions. I basically just save up all of my questions I'd like to ask you guys generally about Bigfoot and everything. And they're like, oh, here's, here's the platform. <laughs> here's your chance. <laughs> I was just thinking today about... Uh, how this might be a good time for a haunting because, like, there's not a lot going on. <laughs> I'm not trying to call that in personally. Oh, you, to our house or to in general? or For people who enjoy those sort of things. To send me to a haunted place? Like, no, 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 no. I just mean, like, you know, like in lieu of TV. Mm. If there was something more exciting going on at your house. Well, we got to go to Site 7. It's got to be done. You can do that. I mean, I always feel like I should be the one to come and pick you up. There should be one able-bodied adult in your... I thought you wanted to go see see the lights. I, I'm, now, I'm, now I have coyote. There's, we heard them. Yeah, they the were, coyotes are like... Mm. The coyote kill we found. So John and I went on a hike, a daytime hike, through Site 7 last Saturday. And the first thing we came upon, like literally stepped into the woods, the first thing we came upon was a deer kill. That, uh, John says coyote, I'll, I'll believe him. Mm-hmm. Although, no head. Oh, really? Yeah. Something took the head. But it was a fresh kill. No rigor mortis. Very, very bloody. Hmm. Of course, my mind goes, of course there's no head. Bigfoot took it. They're taking it (laughs) to give it back to me once it becomes a skull. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, the the coyotes scare me. They, um... This is no offense to you or any of your group of friends that you go there with, but... I just don't feel like you would save me. <laughs> wow. I would. I, I, would. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not savable. Maybe it's the kind of thing where I, I'm obviously going to be trudging behind everybody else. I've, I've, I've proven myself. I put myself between my son and the raccoon. That's true. I feel like a I'd, coyote? I'd do the same for anyone. Yeah, I'd, I'd take on a coyote for you. I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> no, they do come close to you there. That one night when Soraya and I were out there and they came right up on us and I just heard that alarm bark that they give and flip my light on and then I just see eye shine all on the hill right there. Like how far away from you? 50, 75 yards. Oh, that's too just, close. Just, just eyes just lighting up all down the hill. Just sitting there looking to see who's coming through there. I think they probably came through on a regular basis and we were in that parking area and they didn't expect people to be there at night because that whole area just goes dark at Mm -hmm. night and there's no one around i think they just they did not expect people to be there when we were you just caught them off guard yeah and they're just waiting until you pass we'll just wait here yeah well i think they did turn around but then you go like where do they go now where do they go are they behind (laughs) us no we can't see the (laughs) eyeshine is it better to see the eyeshine or not see the eyeshine and eastern coyotes, we've, we've been finding out, are different from western coyotes. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, I knew we had koi wolves. I knew they said that any coyote we have is a koi wolf, which is a coyote's mating with dogs and wolves. So are they like mules and that they can't? No, they can, re- oh, they can reproduce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because they have dog in them, they're less afraid of people. Oh, that makes sense. So they come closer mm-hmm. to people. And because they have wolf in them, they pack up. Um, um, well, coyotes do pack up, but you generally only see one or two. But because these things have wolf in them, they'll, they'll pack up and they'll hunt in packs and stuff. So they're a little bit, uh, little bit rougher, I think, than the western coyote, what we have. I don't know. Either coyotes killed that deer or Bigfoot did. Those are the only two options. Or a mountain lion, I guess. Could Maybe he tripped and fell and, and knocked his head off. <laughs> and knocked his head off. And, and somehow all the meat in the, in the cavity of his ribs just come, came that could out. That could have happened later after he tripped. Mm, from? Clumsiness. <laughs> no, I mean, like, something had to eat the meat, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I feel like those are two separate incidents. Okay. <laughs> He tripped and fell, and then something came along and opportunistically ate him. You think deer aren't that nimble? I mean, they just they're incredibly nimble. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, they're always just standing in the road, like, oh, are you one of the eight thousand things just like me, or just like this that passed by me? And tonight we're talking to Rick. Rick contacted us because he has this experience. Yes, with disembodied legs. We've talked to several other people on the show about these disembodied legs. That, that is one of the stranger phenomenon, I believe. It's really weird. It's really weird. Because you don't see other parts of the body running around. Well, they're not the legs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, there, have been, like fan- there have been Bigfoot reports of just a torso people would see walking. Phantom hands, right? Yeah, That's phantom hands, sure. Yeah. Um, rogue noses. You um, have not gotten any of those yet. I haven't, but I'm guessing some, somewhere there has been. But uh, we keep getting these reports of these disembodied legs, which, which are just fascinating. And Are they wearing clothes? These were. Some of them aren't. We've gotten disembodied legs that look like Bigfoot legs. Mm-hmm. We've gotten disembodied legs that look like human legs that were just hairy for a person, but within mm-hmm. reason, but naked. Mm-hmm. These legs were wearing pants and boots. Really? Yeah. What kind of pants and boots? Well, I guess we'll find out. You'll hear, yes. And Rick has a bunch of other experiences from throughout his life that he'll share with us as well. Before we get to Rick, mm-hmm. I want to talk to people about Strange Familiar's patrons. I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much for your support. You guys really make this show happen, and we couldn't do it without you. If you like our content, if you like what we do, and you want to help us make more Strange Familiars, the best way is to become a patron at Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. You can see all different levels of support there. I do want to mention to everybody, the $3 tier, the lowest tier, and probably the $6 tier are going to be raised. Now, what that means is anybody who gets in now, mm. you're going to stay at the $3 level. As long as you keep paying in perpetuity, in perpetuity you keep getting shows. We're not going to raise it on you. New people are going to pay more. So this is the warning. If you want to become a patron, now's the time to do it. Do it for $3 or do the yearly amount or whatever level you go at because a bunch of those tiers are getting raised. The prices are getting raised because things are just getting too expensive. Postage went up. Everything's going up. So patron price is going to go up, I think, to $4 a month for the lowest level, and then some of the other tiers will go up as well. So if you want to get in now, 
get in now. And again, if you're already in it, the $3 a month, that's not going to change. You stay locked in at that amount. You pay that amount as long as you want. So now's the time to do it because sometime probably within the next couple weeks, I think hopefully I'll get time to do it. I'm going to be raising that price on that patronage. It'll be $4 a month for the basic level. And then everything else, you know, will be more than that. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Monthly subscriptions. There's yearly subscriptions. All different levels of support there. Check it out. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription or yearly, like Patreon, you can make a one-time payment via PayPal. Go to strangefamiliars.com. Look for the paypal.me link, and you can use that to make a one-time donation. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media by liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, whatever app you use to listen to the podcast, or if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe, and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews, which helps get strange familiars in front of new potential listeners. So now, without further ado, let's talk to Rick. Tonight we're talking with Rick, who has a number of experiences to share with us, starting with another disembodied leg sighting, which I'm excited to get for the show. How are you doing tonight, Rick? Doing really well. Good to talk to you. Well, if you want to just kind of roll into when and where this happened, as you know, I tell people you can yeah. be as specific as, as you're comfortable being as far as you know where it sure. happened and roughly when, and tell us what you saw. So I was a pilot did contract flying and, and flew professionally for a number of years, mostly around uh, Orlando, Florida. Um, and that's where this story took place. So it was uh, a weekend. And this this happened probably, I'm trying to put an exact date on it. It probably was three years ago now. And I would pick up extra flying jobs when I wasn't working my normal job. And a lot of times that fell on the weekend. So if you've ever been to Orlando, you know, traffic is pretty horrendous all the time, mm. except on early weekend mornings, <laughs> which is when this took place. So um, I liked picking those jobs up because I could commute fairly easily. And I knew that I could not usually run into traffic problems. I'm going to say it was a Sunday morning. It was either Saturday or a Sunday morning, but I believe it was Sunday because I did a lot of those. And um, if you're familiar with Orlando, one of the main east-west roads it cuts through the middle of town is is called colonial it's highway 50 and um i was driving to the executive airport which is right down it's probably two or three miles from downtown orlando just to the um east of downtown and it's a business airport you know like private aircraft and stuff mm-hmm. so i was coming down colonial driving to the east and I came on to the little turnoff road that drives that goes to where the plane is kept, and that and the name of that street is Herndon. So I turned on to Herndon, and there was very little traffic around. I'm not going to say there was no cars, but there were very few on Colonial, and there were absolutely none on Herndon. Herndon is just a little like side two lane road. And so as I turned on to Herndon, I just started driving that way, and it was it was probably dusk. You know, or dusk is more, it was, it was right before sunrise. It was mm-hmm. twilight, I should say. 
So it was just kind of the sun was coming up. I had an early morning flight. And just as I kind of turned onto Herndon, someone stepped out in the road in front of me. And I was like, oh, crap. So I slammed on the brakes, swerved to miss them. There's nobody else driving on the road. So, that, you know, there's nobody coming towards me or anything. Right. And came to a stop. And I looked for the person and there was nobody around. And I was like, I was like, what in the world? Because I was clear as day, somebody stepped out in front of me. Wasn't expecting it, obviously. There is quite a bit of foot traffic along there, you know, pedestrians and stuff from time to time. But this early in the morning, you know, you never, there was hardly any cars around. And then it dawned on me as I was sitting there, like the next second I thought, wait a minute, I didn't see a person step out in front of me. I saw legs step out in front of me. Right. And literally it was like the shin down, like from, it wasn't even the knee. It was below the knee, like probably just below the knee down. And it was as if somebody was stepping off the curb into the street and it was denim pants and black work boots. And it was just as clear as day. I mean, Enough so not to even... make me swerve the car and come to a stop. You know what I mean? Right, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, I mean, some of the other disembodied legs have been up to the waist or, or the upper thigh. So this was just literally below the knee. This was the shins down to feet. Wow. But it was so real that in my mind, I thought, a, a person. Right, right. <laughs> and I swerved the car and stopped. And I'm sitting there, and there was nobody around. I mean, there was no nothing that it could have been. So it really floored me, you know? I mean, I, I didn't know what to think of it. It was kind of, it was uh, one of those experiences that just caught me off guard. I was absolutely not, ex- you know, in that mood. I wasn't in, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about anything like that. Right. Um, I just literally was getting ready to go fly. So, you know, this one guy that, that I worked with, I kind of told him the story and he, you know, he kind of, laughed it off he's like yeah whatever you know right but i was talking to someone else just a little while later and i was i was telling the same story and they said well you know what's weird is the blue pants and those black shoes you know that is a navy uniform and that airfield used to be a navy base oh that's interesting and i thought about it and i was like you know what that's exactly it was like bell-bottom blue pants that the Navy, you know, sailors used to wear. Right. And their black combat boots or whatever, or black shoes, you know. And I thought, oh, man, that actually. Yeah. (laughs) Then then that really sent chills down my spine. I was like, oh, that kind of put it together. I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. I want to say before, uh, you know, maybe, maybe two, three years ago, I don't think, Maybe I read some of the Sasquatch accounts where people saw half a Sasquatch, but I, if, if I did, I probably didn't even pay attention to them because I wasn't writing the weird Sasquatch book yet. I'd never heard of any of these other accounts that we've been you know, featuring on Strange Familiars of people just seeing legs. Yeah. I'm guessing you probably hadn't heard anything like this before yourself. Nope. It was on your show just recently, but I heard the first leg story, and that's what inspired me to email you with it because I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that... So- you know, and I have a, I actually have another story that that came from listening to your show too. But so, what do you do with that information, though? So you know, at the time <laughs> when, when you see leg, like, what do you do with that? 
like where do you go did you think oh i guess i just saw part of a ghost or like 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 how do you put that in your head without thinking i'm going crazy yeah i mean it was so real there's the initial shock because in reality you think oh there's a person and you obviously don't want to hit a real person yeah absolutely so that's kind of the first initial feeling was just this like here i am getting ready to go fly and oh my gosh you know <laughs> you know, I had to avoid this person. And then you realize, wait, it wasn't a person. And then the whole reality of it dawns on you. And it's a weird sensation when you realize that you just witnessed something like that. And of course, there's no way you can recreate it. I mean, you can go back. I drove that same route, you know, hundreds of times Mm -hmm. and never saw anything else even remotely close to that. Yeah. You know, and, and you're not, it's also strange when, you know, I wasn't looking for it. You know, and sure, that's when yeah. a lot of the things in my life have happened is when you're least expecting it and then something just happens Yeah, because there have been times when I am, have looked for things, you know, um, intentionally gone to places that quote unquote haunted or whatever and never really had any luck. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when you're absolutely not prepared for it, you know, it just strikes you and then you're like, man, I wish I'd had more time to take that in. Or sure. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. And I realized you know, this happened quickly, mm-hmm. but do you remember if they just kind of faded out or did they, was it just cut off at the shin? I honestly can't. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, just it, as quick as it I was, happened. I swear, I, I thought I was going to nearly miss a person. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't so much focused on the paranormal aspect of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, because no, I, totally I was more stuck in the reality of (laughs) right (laughs) oh crap you know (laughs) oh yeah so i can't say but i do know i I mean i looked immediately all around me and there was nobody else there Mm -hmm. i mean there was not a there wasn't there a car there weren't people and it's not like they would have been hidden behind something because there was nothing there to hide behind i mean it was it was open now it was an actual curb there was a curb there and that's what they stepped down off of it's as if they took like one, two steps, and then that was it. Huh. I'm not really sure how to describe that better, but if you can picture someone stepping down off of a curb, I mean, that's exactly what it was. Right. Wow. Like, only it. <laughs> it was as real as I mean, it was as real as you know any anything I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. No, it's, it's so bizarre. These sightings of you know the partial bodies like we've been getting a lot of legs i'm sure we'll get yeah. other things but that's what uh, i thought was so interesting because it it just was like i'd never heard anyone else ever seeing just legs you know and that's the other thing is you know it wasn't like i saw like, <laughs> what people would call a ghost or whatever you know mm-hmm. i mean maybe it was but it wasn't like a full body apparition or something you know? right it was, it was literally shins and feet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That was it. It happened so fast, you know, and then I had to go the rest of the day without my life. I was going to say that you got to kind of calm down and fly, right? And then the, yeah. And then the guy I, first guy I talked to, you know, he was like, what, you know, <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah, that's, that's crazy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just so. I love that it happened. I, I think it's really cool. I like that that stuff exists. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just makes life so interesting. But... Oh, it's just, and it's just one of those bizarre things that, you know, 
like I said, I read read a you know a Sasquatch account like that and didn't yeah. think much of it. And then they start coming up on the show, and then one person talks about it, and I get contacted yeah. by more people, and it's like, what's going on with that? That's just amazing. Yeah, that's when you st- when you were talking about it. I was like, oh my gosh, huh. I had that happen. <laughs> wow. You know, and then all of those things just kind of solidify. But I love history, and um, and so that part of it actually was really cool to me that to think that maybe it was someone that, you know, had been involved there during World War II, that whole area was a really big Navy training area. So, you know, who knows yeah. what the story is. I didn't really do any research as far as, you know, if there had been an accident report or something, that would be interesting. And maybe I should try to do that. You know, was somebody hurt or killed or injured right there? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no idea. I don't even know where I would start with that. Yeah, it would be hard to pin down, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty random thing. but Sometimes I try to... We go to haunted spots, and I'll tr- they'll have rumors associated with them, and I'll try to track down these... There'll be vague stories, like, you know, somebody mm-hmm. killed themselves on this bridge. Right. And trying to find that without specifics is so difficult. It's like, well, yeah. if, if somebody said somebody killed themselves on that bridge in 1932, well, that gives me something, you know? But The only thing that I could possibly go with is that that style of uniform you know with the big bell bottom yeah although well they did they did use that for quite a while but it was it was very specifically denim and black shoes or or boots or something i i I didn't really even i just saw black you know Mm -hmm. and blue (laughs) right and two legs stepping down off of a curb I, 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 the whole rest of it is, is, um, the fun part, the, the speculation, <laughs> Sure, yeah. <laughs> but it was as, as real as I've sort for pedestrians before, you know, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. it, in other words, it was walking like it was bearing the weight of a full body. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. It wasn't like floating or anything. Right. No, it was like a person stepping down off of a curb. I mean, it was, um, exactly what you can picture you know huh. just not the whole body <laughs> that's, that's amazing yeah well, but yeah that's some... a good point it wasn't like floating or mm-hmm. you know it was absolutely just walking <laughs> huh. you know and i didn't see him complete the the journey across the street or anything i literally saw two steps just boom boom and yeah. then i was more focused on avoiding sure yeah absolutely so that's my account anyway, you know, if it adds to the, yes, yeah, an, an, another, uh, bodyless legs account. Let's hear some of these other stories you have. Yeah. So probably the other big one that really interests me and it goes back to when I was young, I was actually four years old. I don't remember this. I was told this when I was quite young as a child, my mom told me this story. It happened to her and I, and she still, I actually had her tell it to me again recently just to make sure that you know, I had it all straight and she remembers it, you know, like it was yesterday. It was in the early seventies, mid seventies. And we were driving from Spokane, Washington to great falls, Montana. And it's quite hilly. You'd come out of the, the Rocky mountains and then you're in the foothills. So we were kind of in the foothills leading up to great falls. And she said it was about 80 miles, like around uh, Lincoln, Montana, if people are familiar with that. And it's it's pretty hilly, two lanes. And 
she said there were pretty steep drop-offs on each side of the road at that point. Um, you know, you're coming out of the mountains, you know, there were pretty big gullies or ditches, something you definitely wouldn't want to drive into. And there weren't like guardrails or anything. Mm-hmm. And we're coming up a hill and she said coming over the hill was a truck that was passing somebody in the other lane. So they were in our lane and she couldn't swerve. In fact, she said that she just had this piece and she didn't even want to swerve. Oh, wow. She literally, if she had swerved, we would have flown, you know, gone way down into this gully and who knows what would have happened. Mm-hmm. But this truck, this pickup truck, it was a blue pickup. It came up over the hill in our lane and it was passing somebody, which obviously is not very smart. Right. Um, but she said the next instant she saw a flash of blue. All she saw was blue. And then it was behind us going away from us in, in our lane. Huh. And she said, I looked at her and said, what just happened, mama? <laughs> oh, wow. So she, she said she knows something happened because I reacted to it also. Now, I have no memory of this. Mm-hmm. She told this story to me when I was really young, and I've heard it multiple times. And um, she still remembers, like, every detail of it. So she stopped the car, actually, and just sat there and shook. She oh, said I can she only had, imagine, yeah. She said that she, when it happened, she had the weirdest sensation. Like, it, she could physically feel something happen. Wow. And she said all she saw was blue. So she says she doesn't think she went under it because she saw blue. So she thinks that she went over it. <laughs> Or through it. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't right. know how to explain that. I was sitting in the passenger seat. This was, you know, in the seventies. So, <laughs> you know, I was not in a car seat. I was, I literally just had a little seatbelt on me. I'm surprised she even had a seatbelt on me, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often um, tell stories of climbing around my, you know, my parents being on the beltway in Baltimore, driving around the city and me just playing in the back of the station, yeah. wagon, hopping oh, over yeah. the seats and jumping around and, so at least I had a seatbelt on, but mm-hmm. you know, most people would want to swerve, but she said that something like didn't want to let, want her to swerve, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she had that distinct feeling and like her hands didn't even try to swerve because wow. if she had, we would have, you know, <laughs> gone down in this, uh, uh, ravine or whatever right so wow. anyway that's yeah. that story and and again that's a story that i've heard since i was really young i'm almost 50 now mm-hmm. and i went with that story in my head for most of my life until just a couple years ago i was listening to either your show or where did the go where, you know yeah, what where I mean? did the road go yeah. yeah where did the road go it, i can't remember if it was yours or that one but somebody talked about that thing that happening and i mean it floored me because i i have never heard anyone else tell a story like that you know yeah, it might have been where did the road go because i'm i'm trying to place it now i don't have perfect it might memory. have been it might have been because i i used to listen to that until yours your um, podcast got going i i used to listen to you when you first started and you were on that show quite a bit yeah yeah yeah, and that's right up just get started yeah so it, it might have been on that um honestly but anyway somebody told a story of passing through in a car and i mean it just like 
I was floored because I was like, I have never heard anyone else tell a story about passing through other cars. Right. Yeah. Well, that's and, incredible. Uh, wow. That must be been- this story has been in my, you know, in our family for for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you you can't explain it. You know, people aren't people will either believe you or they won't. I mean, there's no way of proving anything except that you know it 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 happened to to my mom and and to myself you know mm-hmm. i mean why would she make something like that up right you know? i know and she knows every detail of it still you know she's like yeah i bet it, it's tattooed on her brain you know that's... i mean when she was telling me she almost started crying again you know it, it, it was really made a huge impression on her i can only imagine that must have yeah. been something wow yeah so, I've so I've been in, you know, I've been in several almost car accidents and I, I know that feeling for, you know, where you have to pull over cause your, yeah. your heart's going, but none of them with my kids. <laughs> right. So, wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. The reason she told me when I was young, she used to say, well, you know, there must be a reason for your life or, you know, some, you know, you were, you were spared for some reason. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean. You know, you know, no pressure. What's but, the other answer? Ghost truck? You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, you got me. I mean, yeah, yeah. You get into this bizarre sort of speculative zone. It gave me chills here, and I could almost feel that after stress where you're just like, whoa, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm feeling it now. I didn't, I don't have any memory of it. I mean, I, I honestly, you know, I was four, I was four years old, so. Mm-hmm. Not that uh, you can't have memories from then, but I just don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing was that, oh, she pointed out that I was just sitting in the seat next to her for the fact that I couldn't see out. Oh, like, I, that's interesting. I couldn't yeah. see. I could. I was way too short, obviously. I couldn't see out the windows. But right, she said the second after it happened, I looked at her and just said, what, what happened, mama? <laughs> oh, wow. And that's when it, she was just like, she said that was the confirmation that she wasn't just imagining something, you know? Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I always thought that was a pretty cool story. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. It wasn't your day or, or, or your mom's day. Apparently. I know. I know. It was one of my nine lives. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I've got like two or three left, <laughs> but anyway. So, um, What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you, so, got, you got some other stories. Those are probably the two like most obvious. So my dad was in the military, and we lived all over the place, including Japan. And um, I went to school in Okinawa. I went to high school, um, eighth, ninth, and tenth grade. And my school, if you've seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge, I've not. My my school was on top of Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. So it was a major battle. It's where Dawes uh, uh, saved all kinds of people, and, and um, he was a conscientious objector and so on. But my school literally sits on top of that ridge. And that whole island was a major battle, you know, in World War II. So every square inch of that island is covered with some kind of event that happened, you know, either in prehistory or, or you know, World War II for certain Mm-hmm. There's something that happened there, you know, lots of history. But that school had quite a few weird things that would happen there. Oh, and I forgot to mention, in it, down below the school, and it's a sheer cliff, and this edge of the school sits right on this sheer cliff. So when you're sitting in class, you're looking out basically over nothing, you know, because the edge of the cliff comes up to the school. Oh, wow. It was really cool. It was beautiful. Yeah, had a nice view awesome. of the ocean and, and, and everything. And down at the bottom of this cliff was a cave where the story was a bunch of Japanese soldiers had, had committed suicide during the war in this cave. Mm. And, you know, that event also happened all over the island. But, you know, I don't know if that's tied to the things that would happen there or not. But... Um, there were a lot of strange occurrences and it happened to be a private Christian school run by missionaries. Okay. And so whenever something would happen at the school, we weren't allowed to talk about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> they wanted to keep everything sort of hush hush, you know, mm-hmm. there were stories, the, the stairs, it was all outdoors. Like there was no indoor hallways. It was all outdoor hallways and stairs and so on. And there were stories of kids, you know, being grabbed, um, from below the stairs, Ooh. like their feet and stuff. That never happened to me. The only event that was really strange that happened to me was we were sitting in class and the wall facing the cliff side was all windows. And the windows were probably five to six feet tall. They were huge glass windows and probably three feet wide. And there was like four sets of them in each classroom. If you can imagine that, I don't know if I'm describing it well enough. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in class and there were four classrooms on the top floor and every single window in every single classroom slammed open at the same time. Oh. In all four sets, in all four classrooms. And it was a beautiful day. I remember it distinctly. It was, it was, that wasn't wind. I mean, and I'd been going to school there for three years and nothing like that ever happened before. Yeah. So it's not like windows just, I mean, these were massive windows too. They're very large windows, you know, 
big picture windows if you can um, they didn't quite go to the floor but they were very tall and they just boom slammed open wow and everybody just kind of looked at each other you know and my class of um you know 20 kids or whatever was in there and the teacher kind of stopped and she went out in the hallway and the other teachers went out in the hallway and they were discussing it or whatever and then (laughs) <laughs> they basically came back in and said like nothing happened you know right, right. <laughs> that wasn't anything we don't want you to talk about it <laughs> but that just always was like oh my gosh what in the world yeah like if it just and happened in one room that'd be one thing but it wasn't no yeah. it was all of them it yeah, was all of the rooms and all four or five sets of windows whatever they were just boom wow with forcefully <laughs> they didn't slide open they slammed open yeah that's that's pretty weird yeah that's that's the only really bizarre thing that i witnessed there lots of stories you know that other people had told believe it or well the school the school's not there anymore they mm-hmm. they actually moved to a new location i don't know if they got tired of dealing with <laughs> <laughs> weird things because there were there were stories of people hanging in trees and um wow just lots of lots of things right around there again i didn't personally ever see that but you know i knew lots of students who had witnessed things like that unrelated to anything paranormal just out of curiosity was it uh, mixed school or was it all like military kids no um we started out uh, there were two big schools on the island for military kids run by the dod and they were massive schools. And we started out going to those. Um, but my parents decided um, that you know, they didn't want us in that environment. And so they paid for us to go to this um, school. And it was run by missionaries. It was called um, Okinawa Christian School. And it was actually a school set up for mostly half Japanese kids. Okay. My understanding was, and I could be wrong about this, someone may have fault with what I'm going to say, but my understanding was that the half Japanese kids weren't really accepted in their society. Mm. And by half, I mean like military men having children. And so I actually was the only quote unquote white or American kid in my class. Everyone else in my class was half Japanese. so they, or, uh, there were a few like Koreans, yeah. They teach class in English? They did, yep. And then I stupidly took Japanese, thinking <laughs> I would learn Japanese, only they all knew Japanese already. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that's the only class I ever failed and my parents let me drop out of. <laughs> <laughs> because it was like, you know, you and I taking English class. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. They they all already knew Japanese and I didn't. And it was like, you know, getting hit by a tidal wave. Yeah, I can imagine. But other than it was a great experience. I loved going to that school. Oh, um, that's been really neat. Yeah. My class was, I can't remember the exact number, but I'm going to say it was like 20 kids in the whole class. And so we did all kinds of cool stuff. We took trips and traveled around and camped and and did things as a class that was that were you know just things you wouldn't normally get to do so, yeah it sounds just an amazing experience to have how, uh, how old were you about at the time um i went to that school my eighth ninth and tenth grade years oh so, what a great time for that too oh, yeah, yeah yeah it was it was a dream uh, 
you know, just you couldn't imagine a better adventure yeah. dream, you know, um, getting to experience all kinds of cool stuff. And I have great memories of it to this day and, and still keep in touch with a lot of those kids, you know, Absolutely. when I left Okinawa, you know, yeah, I thought I'll never see any of them again, you know, cause you know, this was in, uh, 1988 that we left. So, you know, we had letters. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was it. Right. And yeah. so I, I kept in touch with a few people through letters, but it wasn't until later, you know, went with um, the internet and, and all the other things. Now we've all gotten back together. And, sure. and so it's, it's pretty cool. I need to ask some of them now if they have any other experiences or memories of things happening there. Yeah, that would be uh, interesting I, now that you're it, allowed to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the biggest thing. That's what made us knew it was real mm-hmm. was that the teachers were like, nope, that wasn't anything. And obviously it was something. <laughs> right, right. I mean, <laughs> you know, nothing like that ever happened before or after like that. So, yeah. Uh, pretty strange how people try to do that, you know, like yeah. young, impressionable minds. And they're like, nope, didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool though that's that's really neat yeah yeah i loved i loved living there it was such an adventure but yeah um, like i said what a great time for that like to be that age and have the age and everything it literally was like you know um a classic 80s movie to be honest with you Mm -hmm. yeah i mean going to the beach all the time and, and just all the adventures wonderful that was kind of an interesting time i mean um I wish I had more actual experiences, but, um, you know, just lots of stories that, uh, very interesting place, you know, just, uh, they actually have it, uh, what they call the Obon festival every year where they invite their relatives back to commune with them. The, the Okinawans do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on there in the supernatural. I, I think, you know, Right. Yeah. Um, Keeping that, you know, it's not a society that shuns the thought of that. They actually invite that into their lives. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of an interesting place to live and experience because of that, because it's, it's very different than our, you know, culture here. Right. Yeah. We'll get back to the rest of Rick's stories in a minute. Adopting a dog can be one of the best decisions you'll ever make in your life. But sometimes attempting to raise a dog can leave you frustrated and overwhelmed. And if you need help with a puppy, 90 days to the perfect puppy can help you. Whether it's mouthing and biting issues, potty training, fear and nervousness, barking, if your puppy is chewing on furniture, shoes, or other things they shouldn't be chewing on, crate training, Hyperactivity issues, lease training, and more, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you with their relationship-based approach to training. You and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources like video lessons, a super secret Facebook group. I don't know if it's super secret. Or just, or <laughs> like just, what just, level of just secrecy secret. is involved with it? I'm going to go ahead and say it's super secret. There isn't like a security check necessary or anything. You to have it. to. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and of course, they have one-on-one options available. You can find them at sithappens.us. 
look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. 90 days to the perfect puppy can help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. Again, it's sithappens.us. Look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. And now we'll get back to Rick's stories. I grew up moving around pretty much every three years we had to move. We lived in Alaska. I graduated in high school in North Dakota. After uh, Okinawa, we went to <laughs> Minot, of all places. But, you know, great places, all great places, great memories. But one of my favorite places to live growing up was Spokane, Washington. And I remember we lived out in the woods, first of all. So it was such, a, and this would have been like third, fourth, and fifth grade. So again, a pretty formative time of your life. Yeah. And I we spent so much time out in the woods just roaming around, and we had BB guns, and, you know, we did the whole, the whole thing, forts. You know, it was just great, great time to be out there. My parents encouraged us to just, you know, we'd be gone for the whole day. <laughs> mm-hmm. We would just go out and, and play in the woods. And I never saw anything supernatural. I'll start it that way. But I distinctly remember always feeling like you're being watched, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it was there. And, and more times, um, sometimes more than others, you know, um, never saw anything, you know, now, one time we were in downtown Spokane, and I think we were at, uh, it was one of the city buildings, and it was a museum. And we had been living out there for, for a little while. And off in the corner of this museum, I don't know if it's still there or not, but there was a whole section on Bigfoot. And that was the first time I ever heard or saw anything about Bigfoot. Hmm. And they had a map of the area. And with red dots where people had had sightings or something. Now, this was in 1980. This was in the early 80s. In fact, we lived there when when it turned 1980. I remember that. So this would have been like 81, 80, 81, mm-hmm. early 80s. And, you know, my parents had never, they were from that area, but they had never said anything about, you know, Bigfoot or anything like that. And they right. didn't discourage us from playing out in the woods. But I do remember that there were red dots all over where, where we lived. <laughs> that part of the town. We lived on the outskirts of Spokane and kind of in the foot in the hills in mm-hmm. the woods. That made such a big impression on me. You know, after that I was always like aware. <laughs> um, but but again, never saw anything. I would go by myself. I spent all kinds of time by myself. I had um four brothers and a sister and we would play a lot but there was also a lot of times when you know i'd be out there by myself walk into a friend's house i would just walk through the woods mm-hmm. you know for quite a ways um yeah and- that's what I, I was talking with somebody recently i was on another podcast they were talking to me and i was mentioning about i mean i, I spent every day in my life that i wasn't in school as a child yeah. in the woods i'd wake up i'd pack myself a lunch and my dog and i would go out in the woods and i'd walk all day you know play I had 
brothers and sisters, but they were older and they, they, you know, they didn't want me hanging around. I was, right. you know, their little brother. So I just, that's what I did. And honestly, as you know, as a kid, I, I never saw anything weird in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I even, I even remember <laughs> cause there was a thick bed of um, pine needles cause it was all pine forest. Mm-hmm. And there was a thick bed of pine needles. And I remember laying down in these soft pine needles and taking naps. Yeah. Yeah. Out in the woods, you know, and I look back on that now and I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know, what was I doing? But I, I, I do remember distinctly having this feeling, especially one time in particular, I was walking in my friend's house and there was kind of this old road. It wasn't a road that people actually drove down, but it was kind of like a trail that was left over from a road. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, yeah. And and it was the kind of thing where there was grass growing up in the middle, but there was still like marks where a road had been. Right. And so I used that, and I and I was walking for quite a ways, and I had the I can still pick, feel it today. This feeling of like someone watching me, and it creeped me out. Of course, at that point, when you're halfway through the woods, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. But, right, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I always like to think that they, something was, <laughs> we, we were never, uh, you know, threatened or anything like that by anything, you know. And I'm not just talking about Bigfoot. I mean, there's other things out there, too, that yeah. I believe exist. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be far more worried to have a little kid, you know, with a cougar or something out there. <laughs> there yeah, I mean, there, there absolutely could have been, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that sensation again more recently in my life. We lived, uh, like I said, we, when I was flying, we lived in the Orlando area. And if you know anything about that area, you know, you get out of town, it's it's thick, you know, jungle, I would right. call it. And um, we used to love going for walks and finding new trails and going on walks. And there were two times in particular where my wife and I were walking our dog and we were like, nope (laughs) there's something wrong here you know and she's really good about being sensitive to her feelings about that Mm -hmm. and um i'll I'll oftentimes just blunder into things and she'll be like man something doesn't feel right here that and i do have a couple stories about that too but um there were two in particular we were like "Mm, nope (laughs) just turn around and walk out you know, and there were other times when it felt perfectly fine, and we we walked all the time out in these woods. You know. Oh yeah, no, I've I've totally experienced that. Places I've I've hiked literally hundreds yeah. of times, and then one time you're there, and it's like, nah, yeah. something's not right here. And you know, it was that same feeling from when I was a kid, and we'd be walking on this trail, and I'd constantly be looking behind my back, like, man, there is something like there's i i fully expected to hear or see something at any time just because it just felt so real mm-hmm. you know and i felt really vulnerable i mean we didn't have anything to protect ourselves you know just walking out and in, in these on these trails but yeah so i don't know it's feelings rack it up to to you know what you want but it is an experience it's a feeling and right um Throughout my life, I've had this, and maybe you know more about this or you can shed some light on this for me, but it's kind of like premonitions. I've had a few instances where, for instance, one time we were driving out of town. um, We were living in Kansas, and there was just this little hill or two little hills that you drove off out of town to get to the highway. 
and we were coming up the my wife and I were coming up we were real young early married probably in my 20s we were coming up over the first hill and I looked at her and I went deer and she was she went what and I was like I don't know the word deer just popped in my head stronger than ever <laughs> and we crested the second little hill and there was a pickup truck stopped in the road and he had just hit a deer mm. and the deer was still laying in the road and he was getting out of his pickup truck um, to look at it. And she just looked at me and she was like, <laughs> uh, what was that? Wow. <laughs> was like, I don't know. The word deer just, you know, like a neon sign popped into my head. That one was, was more of one of the more, um, you know, blatant ones. I, mm-hmm. I've had things like that happen quite a bit. And my oldest son, he's 20, some 22 now, but he and I seem to be linked up mentally somehow. He still lives in Florida and I live in Kansas. And I swear to you, I'll start thinking about him and he'll call me, <laughs> you know, and that happens so often. And the other day he owed me, he pays for his car insurance through us <laughs> and he hadn't paid me yet. And I were driving home from the Y, my wife and I, and I looked at her and I was like, I don't think Brennan's paid me yet for the Y. And I kid you not, ding, you just got a payment through PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> and he paid me for for his his. Well, part. so it's like little stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I, I try to pay attention to that voice now. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I try to listen and not just push it off because it's happened enough times where you know it doesn't seem like coincidence. You know. Right. And this gets into like, I don't know if you've heard, you know, Soraya's uh, sort of general theory of, of the paranormal that he's been working on lately. And this gets into that a little bit. Soraya's uh, got it way more laid out than I do. But it, I wonder sometimes if, so, you know, we just organize time linearly. So probably so we don't go insane. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if if we're not getting like echoes coming backwards through time sometimes. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just picking up on stuff, you know, yeah. who who knows how and just certain things just, just are coming back through time and just like, Hey, I like that theory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in my travels as a pilot, I went numerous places. I've been to lots of uh, battlefields and one of them is Gettysburg, which you talk about quite a bit. I know mm-hmm. it's close to you. Yeah. And I got to spend a lot of days out there by myself while clients were doing their thing. And, um, you know, I would just go sit and, and this is what I was saying earlier. You know, I've, I've been to places that are reportedly or purportedly very haunted and, and I've never seen anything, you know, I've never had anything happen, you know, and I would sit out there by myself and I would try to have conversations. I know that sounds crazy. (laughs) Not the strange familiars (laughs) now. Um, you know what I mean though? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I met plenty of people out there that were, that were on the same boat, but, you know, I sat out at um, Devil's Den, you know, as the sun was setting, you know, and I walked down in there by myself, down in the rocks by myself and kind of sat. And I, I kind of was inviting something to happen. I don't know if that's smart or not, but, you know, I just wanted to hear a cannon fire. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to connect with it somehow like that. And, mm-hmm. and I never, never got that, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... You know, speaking I don't of know if it works when you try. I mean, I don't think it responds that way. It, whatever it is, yeah, whatever I don't, it I, is. Yeah, I don't think it's dependable. There's a place 
a bridge in Gettysburg, which everyone, not the covered bridge. There's another bridge that. See, I went out there too and did the same thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. But we've been going to that and and, uh, having some pretty weird stuff go down Hmm. multiple times in a row. The last time we went, it was, it was a little less, although we did, we did have a couple of things happen, but, but the first time I went, I had heard about this, like the, from some ghost hunters that I, they had a table next to me at one paranormal uh, convention or mm. another. And they were saying, "Oh, this is the this place is the scariest place in Gettysburg." So I went there, you know, shortly after hearing them say this, and uh, I was kind of like, "Eh, what's the big deal? Nothing, nothing's going on here." And then I, like I said, I came back recently, and uh, boy, we've we've had uh, a number of things happen there. A lot of weird poltergeisty kind of things happening on that bridge. So. Yeah, I don't... Well, I love... I mean, I I was a history teacher at one point, and I love history. And so just being at those places for history's sake is just incredible. Yeah. I mean, uh, locking, you know, Pickett's Charge, and it's it's just overwhelmingly emotional. Oh, it's, it's uh, so incredible. So and you can feel you can feel it, you know? Yeah. And I've told people, if like, if you, if you get a chance to go and you can stay till night experience that change because i to me it's a palpable difference like the the, the battlefield just changes and gets gets spookier and you can just feel you know devil's den oh, uh, yeah well yeah sure the opposite side from little round top if mm-hmm. you're going down that slope mm-hmm. all those boulder that boulder field that's down there mm-hmm. i went and sat down there during sunset and there were people up on devil's den but there wasn't anyone down near where i was right and it was it was a really cool experience there yeah it's it's just amazing and yeah if you don't experience anything you're you're going to experience a a kind of peace at least absolutely yeah yeah Uh, that is that's interesting yeah but just the sense of history and just the importance of that place yeah i mean just and there's i guess lincoln said it better than me but (laughs) (laughs) There there you go you know what i'm saying absolutely that address actually was on my birthday so oh there you go that's every year. That's what, how I commemorate that. <laughs> so I was a history teacher, like I said, living in Kansas and teaching here. And my wife's family lives out on a farm anyway. And it's very close to where the Santa Fe trail used to run. And you can still see the wagon tra- tracks out there, which is just amazing to me. Yeah. That's so cool. You know, they were dug so deep. They, they're still clearly visible. Wow. So, one of the things we used to really like to do is go to historical places around Kansas and, and kind of live that history. So we went and visited our relatives and we followed the Santa Fe trail uh, tracks and, you know, Kansas doesn't have a lot of trees, but along this route, there was this, and, and I think there was water that this was associated with, but there was this pretty large area of trees and there weren't there weren't thickets or anything underneath them, so we were running through these trees, kind of like oak trees maybe or something, and and some smaller trees than that. I don't really know what kind they were, but we all of a sudden came upon all these foundations, like old brick foundations in the middle of these woods. Well, I call them woods. It it was just a very large patch of trees mm-hmm. for Kansas. It would be considered woods, I guess, mm-hmm. for this part of Kansas anyway. I thought, oh, that's cool. And I love old bricks. That's one of my things. And there were all these old bricks. And they were obviously like handmade bricks. 
So I'm thinking this has got to go back and have something to do with the Santa Fe trail. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. And they probably had stops all along there, you know, anyway. So I took a brick, which I still have. And I also found these pieces of looked like chunks of rock that had word letters on them, not words. Um, because they were broken up enough that you couldn't really make anything out, Mm -hmm. but there were clearly letters carved into these rocks and very cool. Right. So I took a couple of the bigger chunks of those with me. Um, and I think, I think one of the bigger pieces did have a couple words, but not clear enough to really make out what it was. Right. So a storm started coming on. So we hurried back to their house, had these rocks with me. I'm carrying these, all this heavy stuff, (laughs) brought them home and put them in uh, my house, brought them home to our house that night and went to sleep. And the middle of the night, I had the most vivid dream of these cowboys coming through my garage breaking through our living room and like going through our house. And I mean, it was as real as, as, I mean, it was a very lucid, vivid dream. Um, And I do have those from time to time, Mm -hmm. but this one was really upsetting because I felt really threatened and I woke up and I thought, what in the world? And the only thing that dawned on me was that I brought home this stuff. Yeah. And I thought, Oh my gosh, what have I gotten into? So I started doing some research and turns out there was this way station along the Santa Fe trail where one winter, three cowboys had come into town and basically frozen to death and they had buried them at this outpost or whatever. And I think that I'd found pieces of their tombstones. Oh, I was going to ask if you thought maybe the letters had been part of. of it didn't even dawn on me until yeah, yeah. I read that. And I mean, chills went down my back and oh, I yeah. was like, Oh my gosh, I got to get these out of here. It was a dream. It was clearly a dream. I wasn't, you know, right. But it was such a real dream. It was so vivid and, and they were clearly not happy. So like the next day, I was like, I got to get rid of these. And I took them to my classroom (laughs) (laughs) at school, fully intending to eventually return them to where they came from. And I did return them eventually to that spot along the Santa Fe Trail. Hmm. But I think I touched a little piece of history there somehow. Very Uh, interesting that you, you follow the Devil's Den stuff up with that. You know, that's one of the things... People talk about taking rocks from Devil's Den, and, and every year the National Park Service gets rocks mailed back to them from Devil's wow. Den, where people, yeah. people say I they, didn't know that. weird stuff started happening after they took the rocks home. And I, I, I clearly had an impression that it had something to do with what I brought home. Now, I still have the brick, mm-hmm. but the, the stones with the writing on them, and they weren't, they weren't whole enough to really say oh that's tombstone you know right but after the after reading that now i'm putting a lot of things together i realize that you know it's so yeah that's i could be speculating but no no it sure was a a whole string of weird coincidences yeah Um, i like that story happened that night you know Mm -hmm. and they were clearly looking for something i mean they were busting through my garage door and right wow 
Yeah. I always thought that was kind of cool. But yeah. it, that one was that one was a little bit scary. I mean, that one was a little bit threatening, felt felt threatening. Yeah, yeah. And I got him out of there. I mean, I was like, these can't be in my house. And okay. I collect a lot of antique stuff. I mean, I've got lots of stuff uh, from, from, you know, especially the Old West mm-hmm. in my house. But I've never had anything like that happen before, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, that one's got to go. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Anyway, yeah, it's a neat story. So, so we did the research. You're pretty sure that that was yeah. the way station. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now that part, I that part, yeah. And I, I want. Uh, it's been enough years now that I can't think of the name of what this way station was, but it clearly was a, a waypoint along the Santa Fe Trail, which is where we were, and it was in that area. And, you know, these trees have obviously grown up around these old foundations. And my wife's relatives, I, they didn't really know. It was almost like they had never seen that before. Mm-hmm. It was almost like we had just happened upon it. And then pretty much after we'd just been there for a few minutes, this big storm came up, hmm. you know. And yeah, was, yeah, I didn't even threatening that. Us. Yeah. And uh, that's interesting, too. Yeah. For some reason, that seems odd to me, but this big storm just came up and, and we had to basically run, you know, to, cause we were quite a ways away from where they lived, but you know, we were going to get pelted by who knows what. Right. Right. Carried off to us. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't want to be caught out in the storm. So anyway, take that for what it is. I don't know. The fact that this this account literally talked about cowboys dot freezing to death, yeah, and then being buried. Now there weren't enough words on what I had collected to verify, you know, what it was. There was a date. Oh my gosh, what was it? There was part of a date on there. Oh, I can't remember. I wish I could. I wish I could remember. I did not keep the rocks though, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or what the tombstones. I guess I'll. They were tombstones, I'm pretty sure. But I don't know. Take it for what it is. I know. It's, it's an awesome story. I love it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. My wife and we were young married, and we weren't making a lot of money, and things were tight, as they can be. And we were, I was driving home one night from work. It was dark. And my wife and I were talking on the phone, this very early days of cell phones, and we had flip flip phones Mm -hmm. and we just didn't have enough. I mean, I think we were overdrawn at that point and things were due the next day, you know? And I said to my wife, I got to have a thousand dollars by tomorrow. And uh, you know, (laughs) how's that going to happen? Here Mm -hmm. it is already probably seven or eight o'clock in the evening. And I, and I was really stressing out and I just kind of, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it's a really terrible feeling, you know, oh, hopeless feeling. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I just kind of express that to the universe for lack of a better term. I don't know what to say. I wasn't praying per se, but I definitely was just like feeling hopeless, you know, mm-hmm. and probably within a minute or two, I get a phone call from a coworker and they said, Hey, you know, we've been talking about, you doing some artwork for us. Cause I, you know, I do artwork also on the side. Why don't you come over? I've got some ideas for you to help us with. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, 
and it wasn't far from where I was, so I headed over there. And they're like, well, we really want you to to draw this and do this. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And they're like, um, you want us to pay you something up front? I was like, oh, whatever. So they wrote a check, folded it, and handed it to me. <laughs> I put it in my pocket, and I didn't look at it because that's rude. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hadn't asked for any money. I hadn't asked for any money, but they offered to pay me some up front to get me started on what they asked me to draw. I walked out to my car and I started driving away and I pulled the check out and it was for a thousand dollars. Wow. Look at that. And I'm not kidding you. It was within minutes of me putting out whatever energy, you know, right. like, yeah. feeling so hopeless. And, you know, I am a Christian and I, I wasn't praying per se. I didn't ask God for that, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I don't know what to account it for really. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it's just one of those things that that to me was supernatural. It had to be. I well, mean, and it's such a specific amount. I mean, it's an even it amount, was, but it's a, it's a pretty specific, you know, and I laughed. My reaction was that I laughed mm-hmm. because I was just like, that did not just happen. Like you couldn't have, you know what I, you can't make that up. I mean, that just, right. that did not just happen. Like really? And then my next thought, and again, I thought, man, I should have said I needed $2,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe once again, maybe that was some kind of echo coming back, you know, and you needed the, you knew you needed money. You know, and maybe there was just this sort of future echo, you know, that was like said to you a thousand, you know, and somehow you knew it was going to be a thousand. I don't know. What well, then again? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I literally said to my wife a thousand dollars. I know I said that, and then it was minutes later. That's you know, amazing. That I get this call, and I wasn't expecting to get any money. Mm-hmm. You know, that was not. We were just going to talk about some art stuff. That right? Yeah. So that's. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know how extensive the project was, but you know, it's the, yeah. I, I've never had friends write me a check for a thousand dollars for artwork, you know, upfront it, kind of thing. You know, it to this day is one of the you know, it's just one of those. I go back to that a lot when I'm in because I've had various difficult times. Last March, I had a heart attack, and um, right before all this COVID started, mm. and I lost my job. Um, flying because of for medical reasons obviously. Oh, okay yeah so i've been unemployed since then and it's been a real interesting year it's been a very challenging year and oh yeah i that's an understatement every single person that will hear this has had their own trials and and so on this year mm-hmm. um but that's been mine and it has not been easy and but i go back to that so often you know just I feel like I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. It's been reassuring in that way. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Very absolutely. comforting and not everything. It's never happened again. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't, <laughs> it was just one of those things that was like, I'm paying attention to you, you know, like, right. You're not doing this alone, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so anyway, again, take it for what's worth. Oh, well, it's, it's very, very it interesting. A, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know what you'd call that, really. Just yeah, 
anything from an answered prayer to like i said some kind of like time loop thing yeah and, and, and who are we to say which it was I, if not both know. you know it wasn't anything i was controlling by any means right except that i just remember i the the feeling of desperation was so strong mm-hmm. and just like <laughs> um i'm sure many people have felt that before we were just like you're at the end of the rope, you know, there's, and it was just such a strong feeling of letting down your family, not providing. Right. Right. And just desperation, you know, and then crying out basically. Mm-hmm. And then an answer comes, you know, and it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, it's <laughs> like, all right, I got it <laughs> loud and clear. Well, I'm glad it worked out. When we lived in Florida, we lived by this park. It was it was kind of a wooded area that you had to drive by. My wife and I were driving home one night, and we saw there's there's a four way stop and no other cars around. And I looked left, and coming out of this park was the biggest freaking dog thing. I actually told my wife I thought a deer. I was like, oh look, there's a deer coming out of the park which wouldn't have been completely unusual, although it was, would have been odd. Mm-hmm. And because it had these long legs, long, thin legs. And then my wife goes, that's not a deer. It has a dog head. And I went, and it was walking on all four legs. It wasn't like walking on two legs. Or anything. Right, right. But I was like, that's weird. So we turned around and it was coming across the road into this parking lot of an elementary school that was right by us. And I turn around and all I remember was her car was sitting in the elementary school parking lot and I was taking her to get it because the battery had died. Mm-hmm. So we continue on and I pull into the school parking lot and I'm sitting there with my lights shining and this dog, for lack of a better term, continued towards us. Now it's getting closer and closer and it just looked at us as it walked, as it kind of trotted by. Hmm. And it was just this massive I've never seen anything like I've seen coyotes before. I've seen, you know, it had long, it had the legs of a deer. I don't know how better to describe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it stood feet off the ground. It wasn't like any coyote or anything I've ever seen before. Was it like the size of a deer? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like a smaller deer, not like mm-hmm. a huge, you know, like buck or something. Right. But it was like a female deer size. But it had the head of a dog. It was a dog. And it looked right at us as it trotted by. Oh, wow. And it just continued on, which I thought, you know, a deer wouldn't do that either. Yeah, there's a there's a South American, oh, do they call it, what is it, what do they call it? It's a some kind of canid. Um, they're not actually a wolf, but they might call it a wolf, I forget. But it has real long legs like that. Maybe yeah, but well, I mean, I mean it shouldn't be in, shouldn't be in Florida, and, and I don't think anybody's domesticated them. <laughs> well, this was uh, clearly looked wild. I mean, it didn't look like a domesticated any you know dog mm-hmm. or anything, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a deer. I mean, it, I've seen plenty of deer, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, you know, after my wife said it's a deer, I was like, oh, you're right, it is a. It, I mean, after my wife said it was a dog, right. I was like, oh, you're right. It is a dog. Yeah. But I've never seen a dog that stood four or five feet off the ground. 
Yeah, that's. I'm, I see. I'm not. I know they have long legs. I'm not sure actually how tall they are. I wish I could remember. They had a tail. Their it name. had a long tail too. Mm-hmm. It, it was on all four, and it wasn't like a dog man or something. I'm not saying I saw a dog man. But, right. Right. Um, what color was it? It was tan, like mm-hmm. a like deer color. You mm-hmm. know, like a, a coyote. It looked like a coyote color. Okay. So then she, my wife was like, "Well, maybe it's um, what are those wolves called that." There's some wolves that are really big. I think they're extinct, though. They're supposed to be extinct. Uh, dire wolves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, well, maybe that's what it was, but I don't think they're supposed to exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's a maned wolf, it's called, if, if you can look that hmm. up. South American maned wolf. But why it would be in central Florida? Yeah, when we shouldn't be. I mean, there's a lot of weird things out there. But... Yeah. Not really. It didn't really. Yeah. There's one picture that came up here that where it's got the really long legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it didn't have. God, that's freaky because that is the closest thing I've ever seen to what it was. Yeah, they're definitely weird looking. I'm trying to see. So this reaches up to. It did, I don't remember it having the really black on the legs. That's the only thing. And it didn't have a huge mane like a hyena or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it did, it was very small. But, yeah, there are a few pictures here that are very similar. So they're saying it reaches up to um, 35 inches in height. So Uh, This was taller than that. Yeah. This was quite tall. And, and again, never saw one of those before, never saw one after, no explanation. It walked – so close to us though tr- just trotting along through the parking lot hmm. and we were the only ones around and my car lights are shining on it and it just kept coming right by like it could care less mm-hmm. and it just trotted right by us and went off into the dark you know on the other side of this elementary school into the woods well there's no way it should have been florida unless it escaped from a zoo there's no way it should have been florida <laughs> you know and there's there are a lot of weird things in florida because of that but, yeah yeah you know if it was someone's exotic pet that got loose or something but it was it was weird yeah and a lot of people used to run that four-way stop because it was kind of remote Mm -hmm. and so police loved to sit back where that park entrance was there would be a lot of times just police cars just sitting back there in the middle of the night you'd see them just waiting for people to come flying through the intersection and i never did it but i kept telling my wife i want to go over and talk to them and see if they've ever, because they sit there all the time. Oh, yeah. And that I was would like, be interesting. I never did it. I never asked them. And I should have. I'm kicking myself now because, you know, who knows what they've seen come out of those, that park. But yeah. <laughs> anyway. The, the few okay. times that I, I, it's hard to get police officers to talk about weird stuff. Yeah. And I, I couldn't figure out how to approach it without looking weird. Right. Yeah. Car or whatever. <laughs> like, Especially uh, they, they don't want to go on the record. I mean, uh, you know, I, I had one is... explain to me why cause I, I got to talk to a guy and I was like, why do you guys always change these Sasquatch reports to bears and dogs and stuff? And he said, this is our career. Do you think you, right. you know any of us want to sign our name to like, yeah, if somebody saw a Bigfoot. He's like, yeah. Yeah, then it's on our record too. He said, no, we we just, you know, it's, it's because it's our career. And it finally made sense to me. It's not a big conspiracy. It's just them, you know, protecting their job sure. going forward. Yeah, and pilots are, a lot of pilots are the same way. Oh, if we're seeing weird stuff in the sky. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I and imagine. I never did. I flew for many years, and I looked, trust me, and I never saw anything. that. Mm-hmm. So it was, 
always thought it'd be interesting to see something like that. Oh, I'm sure it is. is My that... dad has some interesting, he was a pilot in the Air Force and he had some interesting stories, but I don't want to take your time to get into all that. But <laughs> the only other interesting thing about where this took place was it was literally across the street from where the um, Trayvon Martin, uh, um, that sad, right? Yeah, you know, it, that's where it took place. That's where this dog was. Huh. It was right, literally a hundred yards from where that happened. An interesting detail. I mean, who? Yeah, yeah. Who's to say? That's very, Probably very interesting. Absolutely nothing to do with it. But right, it, yeah. it was kind of a weird place to live. Mm-hmm. With all that going on, really sad. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, that's kind of my collection of events. Um, take it, you know, for what it is. I don't know. Just I, there's some cool stories there, Rick. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I love your show. I love your artwork. Oh, thanks so much, and and uh, you stay healthy, okay? Once I time, once I get employed, I plan on getting your book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hopefully, there's still some around, but. There will be. I'll keep yeah. it in print. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so cool, the artwork and everything. So. Oh, thanks so much. All thanks right. again. Well, thanks again, and stay healthy, and let us know if you see the rest of that body. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> well, I've moved since then, so <laughs> if he's, you know, maybe he's following me. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks. Good Thank night. you. Before we get to our photo of the week, I want to thank Jason W. for his PayPal donations. Thank you so much. We're finding a cool photo. We'll get one for you, buddy. <laughs> but thank you so much. It's a huge help what you're doing. Tintype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> the fact that it's not tin. Thinly rolled iron. Yes, it is. Sheet iron. In a, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess it has other uses, but... Yeah. Very pretty proto-goth girl. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite genres. <laughs> in, I guess this is the original sealed... Uh, yeah, it's already, it's sealed in the original... Frame. It's neat because you can see how, how kind of rough cut the actual plate was. Uh-huh. In the back. And then uh, the, the sort of uh, frame window makes it look very, very nice. 1868. Yeah. Close. <laughs> I have to, I I would say late 1860s. So yeah, that's that's a good one. Yes, I I would say that's accurate. Close. Yes. In that range somewhere. Mm-hmm. These little mats weren't as popular later on, but they're made to fit. You know, once um, CDVs came around, they're the same size as CDVs. So those little mats would help shove a tintype into the same kind of album. In a photo album mm-hmm. for people. Now, do do sometimes tintypes have revenue stamps? They could. Yeah. This one does not, to be clear, but sometimes they, I was just curious because... Yeah, I it's a, well, 1864 to 66, they put a tax on um, various things to help pay for the war effort. So it didn't start right at the beginning of the Civil War, um, and it didn't end right at the end of the war, but it was for, like, playing cards and games and sort of... Photographs. Photographs. Every and now and then you and, see a photograph with the revenue stamp on it. Yeah, and then um, depending on the amount, you can gauge how much it costs to actually get the picture done initially. So this tintype, an image of this, will be in the show notes at strangefamiliars.com. You can click on that. It should take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase that or previous photos of the week, which are still in there, some of them. While you're on Etsy, you can pick up my art book, Apparitions, 
can't get that on Amazon. You can get all of my other books on Amazon, however, but you can also get them in our Etsy shop. And the advantage of getting them from us means that they come signed. They will be signed by me. Unfortunately, the books I've written with Josh, Where the Footprints End, Volume 1 and 2, can't be signed by both authors because Josh is in Georgia, but you'll, it'll come signed by me. And if you ever see Josh anywhere, you can get him to sign it. And there's stuff like artwork and Strange Familiar's t-shirts. If you want like the classic Awoken Tree logo shirt, that's on Etsy. And patches and more. Go ahead and check it out. Our shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, our items should come up. You should be able to find us. There was a photo in the Strange Familiars group this week that people were talking about. Yeah? It was the guy from Gettysburg I showed you. Uh Uh-huh. They called him the, the vulture of the battlefield or something like that. The ghoul of Gettysburg. Yes. And he seemed to have something wrong with his face. Well, that's diplomatic. <laughs> a, dis- a deformity or, yeah. or a disease or something. They said he was a, a ghoul. Like a grave robber. Yeah, like he was taking stuff off the troops. And they caught him on the battlefield. And they took his photo. And the local photographer was selling these photos. We may or may not be able to do a whole show just on this guy. But... We did have some discussion I thought was interesting that maybe he wasn't the school at all. Yeah, maybe they took his picture because, precisely because of the way he looked and then retroactively made him into something that he may or may not have actually been. Right. Possibly with his knowledge, because why not sell some photos? Cut me in on it, you know? Yeah, my guess would be not. They probably, probably not. Didn't. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, but they did that. They took photos of curiosities. I mean, I have, I don't know how many photos of hermits that were taken, I'm going to guess, not because they were handsome fellows, but because they were a curiosity. Um, Sideshow people. They sold a lot of photos of sideshow people. The sideshow people sold a lot of photos of themselves. Yeah, exactly. Local curiosities and stuff. So I want to get a picture of this guy, though. This, I think his name was Godfrey. I always wonder if it's Godfrey or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but they called him the... I think the vulture of the battlefield and the ghoul of Gettysburg and stuff. He wasn't really the only ghoul. I mean, really, it's quite common for soldiers to grab boots off of... Who could blame them? Yeah, like you you have holes in your boots and the enemy's dead. If someone's dead, I feel like it's tacky, but sort of blameless crime if you need it. I mean, if you need it, I don't have a problem with it. In that situation, I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's it's not a pretty thing, but uh, it's fairly common. But when I worked on the Steam into History train playing banjo, which I've said it before, was one of the hardest jobs I've ever had in my life. It was actually you had to stand and play and play <laughs> and 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 sing loud, and you're you're fighting the the sound of the train. They didn't want me to play when the train stopped. They didn't want me to play outside. They wanted me to play on the train. They didn't have a sound system, so it's just me and a banjo, my voice, and an hour long set, pretty much north, and then an hour-long set south. So there was two cars of passengers. So I'd play banjo on one car going north. I'd hop on the other car and play banjo going south. So very difficult. However, there was a rendering plant near Railroad, Pennsylvania. And they said that they actually went to the battlefield and they were responsible for hauling a number of horses. I don't know if they they were the only place that was taking Uh. the horses off the battlefield, but I know they had to deal with the dead bodies of at least some of the horses. And they brought them all the way back to Railroad, which is southern york county i mean it's you know pretty long journey to this rendering plant wow that would be uh i mean there's no good job in that i mean there wasn't any good no that's the thing the horror of a town that small having to deal with fifty thousand dead bodies within us that short of a time yeah 
no no city or even I mean Gettysburg just so small. How could he possibly be prepared for something? You oh, there's, there's no, no way. There's no way. And they said people were literally working themselves to death trying to, you know, help these soldiers and deal with stuff in the aftermath. And you could smell the bodies from York, they said. Imagine that. That that smell wafted all the way over here. Yeah. It's, I believe it, though. Oh, yeah. With that many yeah. dead, dead bodies. They say that vultures to this day still go back to Gettysburg on that weekend. They have this genetic memory of this humongous feast. And they'll still return that weekend. Oh, that's like ghoulishly interesting. Yeah, yeah. They still come back every year. So uh, we'll uh, dig into that photo some more and we'll see what we can find. Maybe we do a show on ghouls in general, uh, human ghouls, if we can't do enough on just him. But a uh, very interesting bit of conversation. That was in the Strange Familiars group on Facebook. I guess that's everything for tonight. Uh, next week, again, it should be... Where the Footprints End, Volume 2 conversation with J- Josh and Allison and myself. May or may not be two parts. And then uh, we did a patron show as well. So a lot of Where the Footprints End coming. A lot of Bigfoot talk. We'll be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.